and studios being closed. So this was, I mean, this was everywhere in the gaming news. So ours, Kotaku, uh, Gamma Sutra, that is an amazing name for a website, by the way. Um, <laughs> everyone's reporting on this. Google Stadia, Google's game streaming service that allows people to play modern games without a powerful PC, if you somehow hadn't heard of it, is changing the direction of its business. You know, the thing that's most kind of unbelievable about this to me, Luke, is Google taking a service that they just introduced and dramatically altering course. Yeah, I, or, or potentially just killing it off entirely. Like that I'm, I'm getting whiplash. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> whiplash here, you know? So Google is canceling multiple projects. Basically, all of the games that it had slated for release beyond 2021 Game studios in Montreal and LA will close, impacting about 150 developers. The company will apparently try to find them new roles at Google, though. And they will now offer their Stadia tech to tech publishers, allowing Stadia to become the streaming tech for other companies. So essentially white labeling the service. Um, there were a number of games that were being developed by third party developers that got their funding pulled. So that's pretty sweet. And... <clears throat> Basically, uh, okay, yeah, cool. So that's that's pretty much the gist of it. But let's talk about what this means. Um, Input Mag said, I think the company looked at the portfolio of original IP in progress and realized it was doomed to fail its first big test as a console maker, uh, creating a mascot. That is a very interesting take. I have no idea why Alex Clark... Uh, one of our writers decided to put that particular take in here. So why don't we just come up with our own takes? Luke, give me your first impressions on this. What What's the takeaway? I yeah, they they need. I I think they needed to buy something. Um, they're they're talking about how they needed a killer app. They needed a mascot or whatever. Yeah, I think they needed to buy something. Microsoft has done a lot of purchasing game studios and integrating those studios. I think yep. that would have made a lot more sense. Making them part of the um, Xbox brand. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like leading with a very big foot in that direction, um, to, taking in companies like Bethesda, um, and I, I don't remember all the names of them, but some pretty like giant, was it, is it Arcane Studios? I, sorry, I can't remember all the names of it right off the top of my head, but like they've made very big acquisition, acquisitions in that space. Um, another thing that I think could have been a very large issue, um, and I hate to, to, to throw sand in this guy's direction again, but... Um, the the creative director for SG&E, which is what's being shut down, um, was Alex Hutchinson, who was the guy who was basically saying that like streamers need to pay game game development studios. Yeah. Um, all while using a like stolen piece of art as his cover photo for Twitter. Like that was it great. was that was terrible. And if that's the creative director for your company and what you really need to make this succeed is creative direction. I'm concerned that that trust may have been misplaced. Um, those are those are my main two takeaways. They they needed a thing. They needed a face for the platform, and and the person who is potentially making uh, the face for their platform uh, made like one of the biggest negative splashes I've seen in the gaming space in a long time. So here's yeah, here's one concern. of my, and the gaming space has some big negative splashes. Um, yeah. Here's my big problem with, with what they were doing. And you mentioned Microsoft and the way that they've been going on a, a game developer acquisition spree. Um, when you're Google, when you're Google, you have literally more than a hundred billion dollars in the bank. Why don't, 
you just go like okay here here's a here's just this is totally totally off base and maybe totally ignorant but like how much is sega's like total market cap okay like what is what is <laughs> sega worth uh market cap 3.8 billion and i don't think you even i don't think you even would have to acquire a company for its market cap i don't remember what sort of the rough calculation and i, there I, and is. I bet you sega has divisions sure because so, i know sega has like physical stores in japan and stuff so i don't only google cares about that but sega yeah. sammy i actually have no idea what sega sega sammy is sega sammy holdings and maybe maybe that's it anyway the point is it doesn't matter you have a hundred billion dollars anything is for sale for the right price so whether it's you know one of those chinese developers right now that is absolutely knocking it out of the park i forget what article i was reading the other night but there's like a chinese adventure slash rpg game like kind of a breath of the wild clone it's the second oh, that i've yeah. heard about in the um, last like couple of months that's apparently John just, jonathan plays it just oh no it's a different one it's a different one this is a chinese oh. only one right now that like just launched okay. and it's like crushing it um like there, there's gotta be a game and i realize acquiring chinese companies is complicated i'm just saying there has got to be an acquisition opportunity right there we just go in and you say look we need a flagship let's go um obviously you're not going to be able to buy a mario or a gordon freeman or you know one of those very very expensive ips yeah but, but you you even okay so just to interject right here you mentioned sega and it's actually kind of interesting because when you and i were playing uh anno over yeah. the weekend i mentioned a company that was developing a civ competitor game do you remember that yeah i couldn't remember what it was called it was called humankind and it's actually kind of interesting for this particular conversation because humankind uh is being developed by sega or sorry it's being developed by amplitude studios and it's being published by sega sorry wrong wrong way around um but it was it was like alpha or beta tested or something on stadia I believe mm -hmm. exclusively. So they like sort of thought about working on it, but you need more than a 4X game. And a 4X game probably isn't gonna be like the face of your studio. You yeah, know? probably not. So they like sort of dipped their toe in, but like most people didn't even know about it. And it really wasn't far enough. To me, the bigger problem here is just that Google is so, so, so that's one way that they could have. So people are pointing out that buying Sega wouldn't be allowed because the Japanese government is extremely protective of Japanese companies. So, okay, fine. I, I'm just saying, I'm sure someone somewhere would have been willing to make a deal if they were to go try and find like a franchise to, to make their own. Okay. So failing yeah. that. Failing that, they just had to not be such chicken shits. Google does this all the time. They go, okay, no, really, for real. We're committed this time. We're going to do it this time. And the pitch for Stadia, like really the pitch for cloud gaming in general to me, if you wanted to truly take off, is that it was supposed to deliver gaming experiences that were otherwise impossible. And Luke, you and I have talked about this on the WAN show a lot of times, but there are truly gaming experiences, like really massively multiplayer gaming oh, yeah. experiences, or like, like with highly interactive environments, for example, that would simply not be possible with a client running on you know, potentially unknown or, or, or sort of 
unequal hardware all over the world and then trying to synchronize through a server where you'd be far better off with the game world itself running on the server locally and then having everybody remoting into it. And so it's just like control and control clients. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, like exactly what Stadia is. So having thin clients that are just uh, interacting with this, with this just enormous, you know, game world. Like, I mean, so, you know, Luke, one of the holy grails of gaming would be uh, fully destructible environments. And there are ways that you can kind of get close. I mean, I'd say the closest thing would be something like a Minecraft to, uh, to a game with a fully destructible yeah. environment that is really, that is really core to the gameplay but that's a lego game essentially and to be clear i know i know there's way more depth to minecraft than digital lego <laughs> so many people just <laughs> yeah okay boomer okay boomer <laughs> yes i know what i mean to say though is that we're not when you when you destroy something in minecraft you're doing it block by block you're not talking about objects physically interacting <laughs> with each other yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in realistic ways. That's not what we're talking about. But with Stadia, that's something that if you threw enough horsepower at it, maybe you could actually do. Like, that would be so cool. You yeah, can... and they have a lot of, like, we, I mean, we had Battlefield Bad Company, um, which did, like, a, an amazing job at the time. Yeah, uh, but it, it's it's quite old now. Rainbow Six Siege, uh, same story, slightly Rainbow newer. Siege, there's a certain amount of stuff that's yep. destructible, but it's often very limited. And it's scripted. not fully destructible. Yes, exactly. It's very scripted. It's very limited. What exactly. you're talking about is like full-on destruction. You can blow the building down if you need to. I'm talking about like yeah. a like a prison prison escape simulator. Okay, where literally you could have, you know, this mega prison of a thousand prisoners, okay? And it's this gaming experience where everybody, you know, kind of like a WoW raid or whatever, okay? So everybody starts the game knowing that this is going to be a five or like a six hour round, right? And so it's, it's like, okay, the prisoners have to manage to get like enough spoons or whatever and, <laughs> and, and shanks and like there's this... No, I'm serious though. Oh my God. No, seriously, I would I would probably play this. You're this laughing, but amazing. I'm I'm serious. Like, doesn't yeah, that yeah. sound like an amazing gaming experience? And meanwhile, so the guards are outnumbered, you know, thirty to one or whatever it is. But they've got all these tools. You could have all the, this voice chat and interaction. You know, kind of like Among Us. You could have rules with respect to voice chat. Oh so you would God. have to actually sit down, like at a comms terminal, in order to to move your guards around. You'd have a limited number of views. Like an you experience have, like. Chat so the the guards and the prisoners can like beak each other and stuff. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, apparently, there's a game called Teardown, which is fully destructible. So we can go have a quick look at that. Okay, but that's that's built into the name, so that's probably like all it is. Um, okay, that's my uh, that's looks, my concern. Looks very Lego blocky as well. Okay, so I don't know enough about this game to comment on it. Tear down, satisfying destruction. Okay, so I'd have to, I'd have to I have a look I at this. I think I saw this on. I think I saw the creator talking about this on Imager. But yeah, it's still very block based. It's really cool. Very cool looking. It looks, it looks really cool. The, the how the lighting interacts with things. Visual looks style's cool. really nice. Yeah, but you can still. It's very chunky. It's very blocky. You can still see that, which is. I mean, it's great. It looks, it looks sweet. The reviews all look very, very positive. That's fantastic. I'm happy for the people that made it. 
Um, but like you see this car get shot by the helicopter and it's like, it's, it's cubes. It's the, made out of cubes. The point is the killer app for cloud gaming was supposed to be gaming experiences that we couldn't otherwise achieve. That was, that was the sales pitch. And what Google needed to do is understand that it was going to take time and have some patience for a change because they just, it's like, they just can't do it. It's like, they just can't do it. Like, Okay, let's say, for example, that I had a Google-like mindset and I wanted to do something like uh, develop a commercial property, okay? So the way that works is when and if you can acquire any land, which could take you years, you then have to create a proposal for what exactly you would do it, you would, how exactly you would do it. You have to get that approved by the city, which could take six months to two years. You have to get a bunch of like due diligence done. You have to get an architect to design something. You have to get an engineer to actually make it buildable. You then have to get the city to approve that again. Then you break ground. Then you have to get approvals and inspections at every phase in this process from actually deciding, hmm, you know what? I'd love to have like a building to operate my business out of to walking through the front door and like plugging in your laptop and sitting down and working is a process that can take anywhere from 36 to 72 months, realistically. So Google's the kind of company that goes, you know what? We should have like a really nice headquarters. Let's get started. Two years later, three years later, the work site is covered in bulldozers and a Google executive kind of shows up in a nice car, gets out, and is like, hey, you know what? This really isn't working out the way that we'd like. Um, sorry about that. See you later. Like, that's the way they are. Or, or, or they like, they do something like even dumber and they'll just be like, hey, you know what? Uh, great job, guys. Keep it up. We're going to start uh, another, a mostly identical job site next door. And we want you guys to compete with them. And we're going to see who yeah. goes the fastest. <laughs> because that's how you get the best product, apparently. Like, that's the, it's just, their mindset is so frustrating. They had to know. Everybody knows. I know. And, and I'm, I'm an idiot when it comes to game development. Luke, am I an idiot when it comes to game development? Help me out here. Uh, probably. So am I. There okay. you go. Okay. But do I know and do you know that developing a AAA game takes five years if you're lucky? Yeah, yeah, a lot of. I mean, look at uh, Starfield. Is it called Starfield? Bethesda's new game. Um, it, it was announced years ago. It was announced in E3 2018, and people aren't expecting it to be coming until like the late 2020s. Um, if we look at uh, uh, Skull and Bones, I've been really, really excited about this game for a long time. Uh, its initial release date has been pushed back a few times. It's currently saying March of 2021. This had a gameplay trailer yeah. in 2018. It had 23 minutes of gameplay shared with IGN in 2018. <laughs> Games take forever. And, yeah. and, and what Google was theoretically trying to do was something that hadn't been done before. So optimistically, that was going to take 10 years. So instead of like launching based on that promise, they had to take a slower and steadier approach, know that they were going to have to be reliant on current gaming experiences for a very long time and freaking stick it out. Because if they made the investment 
And if they pulled it off, it had the potential to be an absolute goldmine. As it is, they are getting their lunches absolutely eaten by NVIDIA. So, uh, meanwhile, some GeForce Now numbers here. Uh, hold on a second. Where, where is it? GeForce Now. Ah, yes. Okay, so this is one of our other news topics. GeForce Now has reached 6 million members by its one-year anniversary of coming out of beta. So it launched publicly in February 2020. Uh, they've got over 175 million hours of games streamed. They now support over 800 titles with 30 new games coming this month. And starting today, the Chrome browser has support for GeForce Now, and that's coming to Windows and macOS. The latest client also includes support for Macs with the Apple M1 chip through Rosetta 2. And uh, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't good. require the purchase of a console. You can use basically any controller you want. It's extremely flexible. This approach and Microsoft's approach, as, as someone put in here under my thoughts, I, I think are much healthier and much better approaches. Um, Microsoft honestly has been winning a lot of hearts in the gaming side of things, I think for a while now, allowing people to play on multiple platforms. Yeah, uh, cross-licensing the games, that's great, isn't it? Cross-licensing the games is amazing. Um, them, them make it so that you can you can play through the cloud, you can play through your computer, you can play through your Xbox. They just want you to be able to play games. That is a much more, I, I'm at risk of using a wrong term for this, but it, it feels like a much more wholesome approach to gaming than sure. we've had for a long time from a lot of studios. Yeah. A lot of studios just seem to try to loot as much as they possibly can and just take from you everything and give as little back as possible, EA Games. Um, but Microsoft seems to be at least spinning that around a little bit. You Check can play out. on whatever platform you want. It's 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 better. Check this yeah. out, Luke. The Xbox Series X, in spite of the supply issues that have gamers understandably upset, the Xbox Series X has 8,500 reviews on BestBuy.com with an average rating of 4.8 stars. I mean, you can, you can say, okay, you can say, yeah, Microsoft has been putting consumers first and has been trying to, trying to ditch an, an image of, you know, nickel and diming gamers for every last, every last penny. But like, look at, look at this, look at this. This is, this is such a cool move. I mean, we talked about this a fair bit in the lead up to the launch of the Series X. Not only can you reuse your old controllers, which is so consumer and environmentally friendly. Yes. Yeah. But they only charge you if you don't have an old controller to, to to use now. They only charge you fifty bucks US for a controller. Like that is one of the. I, I remember being absolutely shocked because one of the first, actually, the first game console I ever bought for myself as an adult was a Nintendo Wii, and the Nintendo Wii was wasn't it like two hundred and fifty bucks or something like that? Like the console itself was cheap. Yeah. But by the cheap. time you kitted yourself out with four Wii motes, four classic controllers. And uh, was there anything else in terms of accessories? I mean, a, a pair of Switch controllers right now is a hundred Canadian dollars. Yeah. Um, a single Joy-Con, which like really isn't enough for almost anything, anything is fifty-three Canadian dollars. Whew. The Pro controllers are actually actually that's a third-party controller. Yeah, it? no, the yeah. Pro controllers are super expensive. They're like a hundred Canadian dollars each. Yeah, and a single Joy-Con is forty U.S. dollars. So hold on, let me find out. Let me find a Switch Pro controller in America here. Uh, America. 
Here, do you think we can line this up? We think, okay, yeah, 70, 70 US dollars. So Microsoft's doing a great job of winning hearts and minds of gamers. Now all they need to do is have some of those game studio acquisitions pay off for them so they have some freaking uh, platform exclusive games. Except they won't because they're finally respecting PC gamers, which is super cool. Uh, by the way, Luke, okay, so hold on. I want you to, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna try and time this, okay? So you gotta, oh. you gotta sing the song again. I gotta try and beep you. Okay, ready? Okay. I'm saying the whole thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. Are go you for sure? It. Yeah, yeah. Go for it. I'm, I'm gonna get the timing right. Live, live, live censoring. Here we go. Okay, you ready? Yep, yep. Merka, fuck yeah. Oh, it doesn't work. Uh, I cannot <laughs> beep over top of you, so that's awkward. All right, cool. Why don't we move into our next topic here? Uh, Nvidia <laughs> is requiring companies to be transparent about RTX oh, no. 3000 specs. So the source here is The Verge, and. Yes, I know, I know, but actually they've done a pretty good job of getting in, of digging into this. Um, NVIDIA previously... Okay, so if you don't know what's going on with RTX 30 series, then you probably didn't watch the WAN show. I think it was last week, but in a nutshell, there's well over a dozen different SKUs of these mobile RTX 30 GPUs total, like well over a dozen. And even though you've only got like 3060, 3070, 3080, and then even max Q, max P, which is for performance, theoretically that's only six, but there's like way more than that because there's all these different TDPs that they can run at. Now in the past, Nvidia encouraged, but did not require manufacturers of laptops to be transparent about the actual technical specifications of the GPUs that they were including. It is now completely mandatory. So this is a good step in the right direction, but he's not working. So he really doesn't have to take my call. I'd actually love to have one of my writers join us for this conversation um, because this doesn't necessarily completely solve the problem. Hold on a second. Let's just, uh, let's just see if he picks up. Hey, uh, I know you're not working right now, but do you do you want to talk for a couple minutes on the WAN show about sort of a, a near and dear to your heart topic? Uh, sure. If you're busy, it's fine. It, it really is fine. No, I'm just driving right now. Okay, chill. Um, all right, so we're talking about NVIDIA now requiring companies to be transparent about their RTX 3000 specs, right? So they actually have to okay, disclose yeah. the TDP. Now... Do you want to share with me a little anecdote that uh, I was on my way to the bathroom and uh, Alex's desk is right next to the bathroom. It's, it's not as bad as it sounds. He actually chose that desk because it has more space, um, you know, and it's fine. We have actually a pretty it's a pretty solid door so you can't hear too much grunting. Anyway, the point is I walked past his desk and he tells me this story. So go ahead. Hit, hit us with the story. I don't know if this is valid anymore because it turns out that the BIOS was just broken on both of them. Oh. It, was, it was like AMD's BIOS rollout was just garbage. But as of the last time that I tested, the 80 watt TDP uh, 3080 had about 4 FPS less than the 150 watt one. And mm. they're both boosting to about the same core clocks thereabouts. It kind of just depends on like the thermals. It seems has nothing to do with like the actual TDP. Right. Okay. So basically, what we had learned, but now we are apparently not sure if it's a hundred percent true. Uh, so we're gonna have to get back to you guys on that one. 
is that even though you might get an RTX 3080 whatever watt, okay, so that's like the, the TDP, it seems like the actual performance, like we've seen with even their desktop GPUs over the last number of years, really comes down to the GPU boosting to whatever the heck it wants, and that's what you're going to get. So if you go and you throw like a 150-watt thermal solution on an 80-watt 3080, you might actually get very similar performance to if you put a 150-watt thermal solution on a, on a quote-unquote 150-watt 3080. But I guess that kind of makes sense. Um, do we think that maybe... Also, yeah, go ahead. I should also say that the 80-watt one was a lot louder when it was doing that. That was like fans cranked and overclocked in the Asus like tuning thing. Mm-hmm. It was more like 9 FPS lower. So I think it was like 81 FPS versus 90 on overclocked. But it's the sort of thing where like... If you want the performance, you can just turn the fans up and it's there. Right, and then you just also have a much thinner, lighter laptop. Yeah. Okay, all right, thanks, Alex. You have a good weekend. All right. <laughs> so, what we don't know, though, is if there's some kind of price difference for laptop manufacturers and if there's some kind of power advantage, like, um, I mean, power consumption advantage to getting one of these, like, 80-watt versus 150-watt right. chips. So maybe there's some binning that's taking place. Either way, what we're learning is that there is still a lot more to learn about mobile RTX 3000 series. This is not something that has been simple, clearly, for NVIDIA and their partners to work into mobile devices. Um, there's a couple more news items here. NVIDIA says, we are requiring OEMs to update their product pages to the Max-Q technology features for each GeForce laptop, as well as clocks and power, which communicates the expected GPU performance in that system. So it's a step in the right direction, but based on Alex's anecdote about finding that if he just like turned it into like boost mode or whatever Asus calls that on that particular model, uh, the performance completely changes. We just, we just don't really know exactly what we're dealing yeah. with until we have an industry-wide measure that's like, uh, you know, however many Fortnite FPSs or... And I, I, I don't know what that would end up looking like. So The Verge references how their MSI GP66 Leopard with an RTX 3070 was able to outperform an MSI GS66 Stealth with an RTX 3080, and that it would not be possible to tell that from specs alone. So they're keeping an eye on it. We're going to be keeping an eye on it, but there's part of the I'm problem. I'm sure you'll hear more about this on WAN Show in the future. This has been an ongoing conversation. I do enjoy how they, like, NVIDIA has been, like, repeatedly shooting themselves in the foot with, with all these, like, weird naming setups. And the, their their end result of that was like, we're requiring the, the the other companies to be transparent about the performance, like just pushing so much responsibility onto other people. Well, I understand, like they do. I I think it is the right move. I just find the wording around it kind of funny um, because it it makes it kind of sound like it was as though they did something wrong the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And has nothing um, to do with Nvidia releasing more than a dozen SKUs across three different model names. And yeah, not yeah. having a clear difference, um, <laughs> you know, in the in the actual product marketing. So yeah. you know, good job, Nvidia. Glad you're sort of 
working on fixing this up. Um, yeah. I, I wish you had made it more clear in the first place. I, I mean, honestly, what we really need is, and as, this is going to sound crazy. I'm about to sound crazy, Luke. Are you ready okay. for insanity? Yeah. What I'm we sorry. really need is NVIDIA to take a more Intel-like approach to their product naming. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. But Intel actually has this figured out with different suffixes no, for different so, like, TDPs. And yeah, yeah, U is like super ultra low power and F is uh, has no onboard GPU or whatever. And like T is low power, but like desktop, like... They, they they have, I mean, I think they've kind of broken some of their naming schemes, but... They were trying, though, with Q and sort of P, unofficial P. Yeah, it's just that they, like, went and introduced way more SKUs than they had suffixes. And now we have this problem. Yeah. Uh, some people in chat are asking about whether I am still holding... Uh, I'm still holding GameStop. So hold on a second. Let me let me just diamond hodling. Diamond diamond hodling. Diamond diamond hands, baby. Um, Luke, do you want to talk through our next topic while I while I while I demonstrate sure. to the people Should what's I going do on? The the someone that works with Luke's mom thing. Yeah, sure. So I got oh, a wait. I got a phone no, call. No, from... wait, wait. I gotta nope. I gotta make money first to make up for this. Okay. Uh, let's okay. let's get our let's get our sponsors let's get our sponsors going. Oh. The show is brought to you today by da, 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 Redux. Redux is a PC builder that's striving to bring PC gaming to the masses. That's right. Not the volumes. Okay. Not the weights. It's all about the masses, not the acceleration. They have no price markup on the parts, just a $75 build fee. So you just select your budget, pick the games you want to run. You can actually see how they perform in their builder and then let them build your PC with no hassle. Their PC builder allows you to customize what's going on inside based on the games you want to play. That's kind of a redundant talking point, but I think you guys get the point. Plus, Redux gets you a two-year warranty for parts and labor through them. So start your build today at buildredux.com slash Linus. It's not in the talking points, but I refuse to let this go away. You guys should know this. Um, <clears throat> digital storm. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so the uh, Redux. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they have any affiliation with any like really well-known PC builder. <laughs> digital storm. Digital storm. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, I had something caught in my throat. Let me just... Uh, uh, lttstore.com. I mean, I was just gonna say, let me just drink out yeah. of my lttstore.com. My branded water bottle. Water bottle. Uh, so build <laughs> Redux. They got a good, good pedigree. Okay, they know what they're doing. Buildredux.com/linus. The show is also brought to you by Ridge Wallet. Stop carrying pointless items around in your pockets, like receipts, old hotel room keys, or spent gift cards. Ridge Wallet. Oh, hotel room keys. Remember hotels? Ridge Wallet helps you carry less. They use two metal plates that are bound together by a strong elastic band to keep your cards tightly together, but still accessible. They're RFID blocking, they've got a lifetime guarantee, and they're available in aluminum, carbon fiber, and titanium. Ridge Wallet has more than just wallets, too. They've got battery banks, bags, smartphone covers, and more. And you can use offer code LINUS to save 10% on everything. Oh, wait, this is the wrong one. There we go. 10% on everything at ridge.com slash LINUS. Hey, got that sorted out. Fortunately, they had the same discount as Honey. Wait, no, they didn't. Whatever. The point is, joinhoney.com. Honey is the free shopping tool that helps you find the best promo codes. I always misread that as like porno codes. Uh, promo codes. Whenever you shop online at specific sites, 
like Amazon, eBay, Newegg, Razor, Best Buy, Walmart, and more. Wait, what, what sites do you think I was talking about specific sites? I'm talking about retail <laughs> sites. Those of you who downloaded Honey from our link saved over a hundred grand in the last few months and Honey costs you nothing. They get a small commission from the sites where they save you money, so it's free to use and installs in just two clicks. Oh no, I just closed the dock. So uh, the point is, go to joinhoney.com slash Linus, get honey. Yay. All right. Luke. Yes. Tell us this story. Tell me a story, Luke. So my mom calls me. Um, was this last night? I think this was I think this was either last night or Wednesday night. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And she sounds very distraught on the phone. She sounded very concerned. It, it sounded like she had maybe done something or something had happened and she was she was worried about me. Like, you, you know, that like that tone that sometimes mothers get. Yep. Um, they so do I knew do something that. was wrong and I was asking her what was wrong. And apparently her and uh, a lady at her work got in a little little bit of a, I believe, purely verbal altercation. Um, and I guess my mom being a proud mom has talked about me a bunch at work. Um, so this, this other lady said more or less, and I'm, I, I cannot possibly quote here. So these are not the words that were said, but yeah. meaning as I, I, I'm hopefully going to get the meaning across. Um, my sons are good at computers too. I'm going to get them to like go on the internet and like leave mean comments <laughs> <laughs> for, for your son to like try to get back at my mom, which to me felt like they were having like a classic elementary oh, schoolyard battle. My dad could lady... beat up your dad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so what I have to say to the, the alleged yeah. sons that are sicked at me, is that hopefully you're enjoying the WAN show. Uh, if you do leave a bad <laughs> comment, I'm probably not going to see it anyways. Um, and I'm sorry about your crazy mom, but hopefully you have a good weekend and you enjoy the WAN show. Yeah, you have a, you, you have a good one. You have a good one, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully oh, it's going well man. for you. That is yeah. so brutal. Like <laughs> I just, she was so concerned about like these internet comments. I'm like, man, I've been on the internet as a public figure for like 10 years now, I don't care. <laughs> just like... I think pretty much everything's been said. Okay. I yeah. don't think there's anything that could be said to you at this point, Luke, that you've never heard either from a comment on the internet or from me during an from annual me. performance review. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I was going to say, especially, I feel like, especially early on when we first started, you were quite, and I feel like it was more important back then because I feel like the, the internet was like more vicious and brutal back then, but you used to kind of like help toughen people's skins a little bit. I did. Get them, get them ready. And I, I yeah, I don't, there's not, there's, you're not going to, you're not going to bother me too much on the internet anymore. Our largely community, because of that, I think. our community was markedly more brutal actually in the early days. Oh, yeah. Like we're oh, at yeah. the point now where like you go back and look at like early comments on an LTT or like an NCIX tech tips video from eight, nine, 10, 11 years ago, <laughs> especially the earlier ones, actually let's go back. Oh man. How long have I been doing this? Holy crap. Long time. Go back like 11, 12 years ago. You know, the, the comment section is just full of like, oh, look at this guy. What a f or whatever, right? Like it's it's just Luckily every other- worked for that one. 
yeah, exactly. Yeah, that, those comments especially used to be very common. Yeah, and on, it's like, our videos. A, I don't even find that particular word insulting because... No, what it was just even, very common. Yeah, what even does it mean? It's like, okay, yes, and... Uh, yeah. <laughs> even if I was, yes, and so what? Oh, no. So so there's that. Um, but there's also just like just how how relentless the attacks were back then. Nowadays, I feel like we've fostered an environment where it's people just kind of know. They know a don't bother because they don't care at all, no. and yeah. b um, you know that's not cool, right? Like it's... I feel like there's also another interesting internet thing that I think has evolved is there's a lot of defenders now. That's true. White knights. Um, and but I don't no, even mean I, that I, in I a negative sense. Like... I don't even mean yeah, in a yeah, negative yeah. sense. Yeah. White knights I, I, are everywhere. Like, yeah. And like pretty intense ones. There's, there's, uh, I have seen comments a fair amount of times where I'll, it'll happen on Twitter too. Someone will like tweet something at me and I'm like, okay, I can't really respond to this because like it's about me or something and if i defend myself on this it's just gonna be stupid no matter what and i can't just tell this person they're dumb so like i can't really do anything and then someone like responds to the tweet and just tears them apart and i'm like yeah. yes exactly. i didn't even have to do anything that was great and i can't respond to that person or like their tweet and say thank you i can't do anything but like I just silently appreciate it. And that's like, that's become, I feel like very common um, these just, days. Just a quick heads up, guys. There's some people who seem very confused. The word I used was a single syllable. So it sure as heck didn't start with an N. Let's be, let's be real oh, A plus yeah, clear no. about that. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I, I have no room for that particular word in my life. Never mind my vocabulary. Um, all right, yeah. so let's go ahead and move on to our next topic here. Rumor, <laughs> Apple's VR headset could cost three grand and have 8K displays. Yeah. RC Mail hosted, uh, hosted, posted this on the forum, and let's run you through the details here. Could feature two 8K displays and have a price tag of, yeah, three grand, man. I mean, well, with that said, it's not like Valve didn't release the index and, like, that's doing great, apparently, at twelve hundred dollars. So if oh, people that, buy it, no question. Yeah, no, no, no question, no question whatsoever. Um, the headset... At least one model is expected to have twelve cameras for AR and hand tracking. That's 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 crazy. Uh, the headset will also have a lidar sensor to quickly generate a three D map of your room, which is actually um, creepy but super cool at the same time. Um, hopefully, that's all local. Apple is still testing various input methods, including things worn on your fingers, reading body movement, and a knob in the headset. Don't know what that's about, but yeah. I mean, that would be super cool. We've said countless times on the WAN show yep. that Apple is very happy. You know exactly where I'm going. Apple is very happy to, to watch a bunch of people break into a new segment and trudge through the beginning of it and then come in and be like, here you go. Here's the ready for market one. Um, so yeah, I would I would love to see this come out, and I would love to see it do really well. That would be very good for VR as a whole. Um, like, however much you like or dislike Apple, it like doesn't matter because if they bring this to market and it does really well, that will bring other things to market that will also do really well. This would be very good for VR as a whole. 
I still I worry about Apple. I I or I I don't worry about Apple. Apple's fine. I just mean I worry that Apple's approach will not win me over. I mean they just they've shown time and time okay, again a disdain if, if for they, gamers. If they popularize it, yeah. There's there's like we we see this all the time. Like some some a few random companies will make some janky things and we're like these are cool but they're not there yet and then Apple will make it and it'll be there now and everyone will clone like, it right. and, and it'll be better else. in a lot of ways but it could actually be worse in a lot of ways you know like the whole notch trend thing that i really wish never happened um fair yeah that's true yeah yeah i don't know i still think it's i'm still rooting for good because i think a lot of what vr needs right now is just more market adoption sure that's it's, fair it just needs more people to start using it more and more and more and more people just need to start using it um and we'll get better solutions because like even the index and see this is why this is why all the vr subreddits and stuff hate me even the index as fantastic as it is is pretty rough yeah it's not perfect uh, oculus's lenses are so much better than valves um it's heavy the speakers are great those speakers are like the speakers are fantastic the mic magic. is like unbelievable oddly, really good it's unbelievable like I, that blew my mind absolutely blew my mind yeah um there's there's some things that are really good about it but you still need to like drill a bunch of stuff into your walls yeah and, and it's it, like steam vr updates can be really clunky and you know when you decide okay i'm gonna play vr you don't just throw on your headset and go you gotta, I gotta, cause mine's on, mine's on my TV. So I gotta go get my like remote control, like headset or handset thing. I gotta like log into windows. I gotta open up steam. Okay. Technically you can just turn on the controller and it'll, it'll fire up. Uh, but it, it like, sometimes it doesn't work properly really or work. I'll get into beat saber. People start yeah. up on their computer first. And like one I, of my sabers is stuck on the floor, even though it works when I like go into the menu, it's tracking just fine, but then the game doesn't have it. And I gotta I gotta restart the entire Steam VR thing in order to get it working. Like th these these early adopter growing pains are like they, they're still there. It's been three years. Yeah. yeah. Four I mean, years or whatever. It's a great experience and and that's awesome and whatnot, but like it's just it's not 100% there. You still have to map your room out by walking around it with a controller, so you have all these like hard edges and it, it can't deal with um, oddly shaped rooms very well. It has issues with reflections. There's like all this stuff that like yeah, we do need to eventually get over. Um, and it, it's great right now, but yeah, there's, there's so much better in the future. There will be so much better. Uh, people are asking about the update on my holdings. So I didn't end up going all in 50K on GameStop. I bought $30,000 of GameStop and then $10,000 of AMC, so which is another meme stock, and then 10 of BCRX, which I actually bought because I thought it was a meme stock, but actually it was one that was reasonably well-researched. So, so far then, um, the biggest loss has been GameStop. Um, I would show this to you guys, but I think I can't actually focus on it anyway, and it's kind of hard to look at. Also, the market value is not working correctly on my app for whatever reason. I don't know. I'm sure someone can fix this. So you can see the 30,000 is there. So I'm diamond hands holding. I told you guys that I'm going to ride it into the ground. So, um, you know, 
for me, it was not about thinking that I was going to be getting rich quick or anything like that. Frankly, I, I didn't need to gamble the money. Um, you know, I actually have a job where I make really good money. So I, I, I didn't need like a, like a, an investment lottery ticket uh, effectively. Yeah. For me, this yeah. was more about the movement that was happening, being on the right side of history at this time. I really do believe wealth inequality is the biggest problem facing us as a society right now. Um, so, you know, for me, there was only there was only good outcomes. Good outcome number one was, hey, it turns out they're right to the moon. OK, cool. And we could have found something cool to do with the money. Maybe we maybe we donated or something. You know, we'd figure something out. Maybe we host like a yeah. really cool event um, that we don't even try to make a profit on, but people can come and participate. I, I don't know what it would be. We'd, we'd find something to do. Um, or good outcome number two was some wealth got redistributed. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Um, so I, I saw it as kind of like a, a donation to people who were investing in this thing because they really needed it. Uh, and you know what? Maybe it ended up going to the hedge funds anyway. I don't know. But one way or another, I I, I felt fun. I don't know. I felt compelled. I felt like I needed to participate. I enjoyed the memes. Um, homie KP over in Floatplane Chat says, Hey, I saw the GPD video. Is the new one worth the wait or should I go with the max? Really want to emulate PS1 and a few GameCube games, man. It's the new one is like sick. Um, wait, I saw the GPD video. You mean the like most recent one? That, I thought that was the GPD max or was it the win three. I don't, I don't remember. Whichever one the last one we did is. It's sick. It's sick. It's like sick. Go for it. Uh, people are like, Wife talk, please. Okay. So she wasn't thrilled with me doing it without talking to her but the reality of it is that um you know once we talked about what i was doing and that i i wasn't just like going crazy and buying into some get rich quick scheme um she facilitated getting the account all set up she got me the credentials she yeah, helped me through the whole process because transferring money from one bank to another is not always something you can do electronically. So she's like, yeah, okay. She made she watched the kids for me while I went and got the checks from the office and went to the bank and deposited it and like helped me get it all going. She she put time aside to help with it because like we're we're good. Like I, I we joke a lot about you know oh you know what has he done now you know she might be mad ha 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 uh, my girlfriend really liked the sleeping on the couch tweet that you made yeah yeah i was yeah. obviously joking i have never slept on the couch in my entire 15 year relationship with that lady and neither has she we have a hard and fast rule you do not go to bed angry we've definitely been up till five in the morning from time to time <laughs> but we have always slept in the same bed and we have always stuck to that belief so that's what it is all about when it comes to maintaining uh, a relationship we've found um hey yeah mcnuggets got it right my luckiest moment in life was meeting yvonne not just that but you know i we don't take for granted that we had the we had the 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 privilege of meeting each other extremely young you know so we met each other when we were 19 and not everybody not everybody finds the one that fast. You know, neither of us had to waste a lot of time. If, yeah, if, and I don't mean waste time. I mean, sometimes, you know, we look back and we go, you know, ha, maybe it would have been, maybe it would have been fun to, to date for a while and stuff, or, you know, have a more wild and crazy university experience or, or whatever, you know, it's sure. Oh, maybe, yeah. yeah. Maybe that would have been fun. 
Uh, it's not really my style. Luke's laughing. It's like, <laughs> yes, yes, I'm. I'm very. I'm. I'm pretty conservative. Yes, Luke. Thank you for that. <laughs> but the point is, the point is, um, sometimes you can't help but think about those things. But I definitely have no regrets whatsoever. I'm. I'm. I'm glad it worked out this way. Uh, oh, speaking of being glad things worked out this way. Oh, I just put in LTTSore.com. I'm afraid of whatever that is. Oh. Does that does that exist? That's going to exist very soon, I'm sure. It's available. Only 1200 Canadian dollars. Oh, okay, uh, never mind. Yeah, don't. That's a stupid thing to... If you're gonna if you're gonna like spend money on that for the memes, please don't. Please do something useful with that money. Like buying GME. I was gonna I'm say just, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not a financial advisor. I'm just a smooth brain ape. I have no idea what I'm doing. That's the that's the 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 boilerplate disclaimer for that, right? Okay. Don't really Perfect. for real, don't do either of those things, okay? Don't 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 throw your money away. Uh all right. If you want to throw your money away, do it on lttstore.com. Guys, these are <laughs> sick. We finally have them. We've got, okay, here, how do I, uh, no, not that one. Oh, uh-oh, what did I just move? I think I just moved a thing. Where's the one I want to move? Where's the thing I want to move? Oh, there we go, there we go, there we go. Okay, here we go, here we go. Let's make it a little smaller. Storage and RAM for those cold days. $39.99. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We have LTT Store scarves. See, look, it's got a little notch for the M.2. It's got the NAND chips on there, the DRAM cache. It's got the, see, check it out. Sarah, oh, hey, Sarah's cool. modeling the uh, the M.2 one. Look at that. Hey, Lloyd's up in there. Lloyd designed this one. Look, how, look, see, it's good for, it's good for casual. I'm probably the most casual looking one here. It's good for like uh, business casual. It's good for more businessy. That still looks pretty casual. The point is, it looks great. And the RAM one. So we've got orange and dark gray. Look at this guy. What a majestic specimen. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic? I think Lloyd did a fantastic job. If you already have one of the toques or beanies, uh, it's a very similar material. We're working with the same supplier. We've been extremely happy with them. You guys are going to want to get in on this. I know it's a little late on for the winter season, but hey, you know, it's always winter somewhere. Just kind of hitting winter now. Yeah. Like, hey, depends where you're at. Exactly. Exactly. So go check them out. LTTstore.com. Uh, what else we got? Uh, oh, man. Uh, Valve was fined $4 million in a Steam Controller patent case. Uh, Corsair got him. So Ironberg Inventions, the IP holding arm of Scuff, who Corsair recently acquired, made the argument that the Steam controller contained the same rear side control surfaces that they had just patented. Interestingly, Microsoft used the same implementation of back paddles on the Xbox Wireless Elite controllers, but they licensed the patent from Corsair for $6 million, which Valve could have done because they have enough money to buy the Earth and all the heavens. They just decided not to. So now they've had to pay, I think it's $4 million in damages, and that may not be entirely the end of it. Don't quote me on that. Um... One thing that was really interesting about this was just that there's a lot of patents in the game industry from Sega's patent on in-game directions to Nintendo's patent on the D-pad, which, which is interesting because it might actually explain why Xbox D-pad sucks so bad. So if it's a unique feature that can be monetized, you can pretty much bet that game developers will try to protect it. Uh, in this case, I think Scuff was extremely reasonable about it. They wrote a letter to Valve explaining their belief that the rear controllers were an infringement. And apparently Valve just like 
went ahead with it anyway. Um, so there you go. Yeah, there, there was, um, I believe it was a Tratton, Tratton poll? Hmm. Uh, patent troll situation. But a while ago, I remember talking on the Wan Show about uh, there was like so someone had patented the idea of having a mini game during loading screens. Because like console loading screens back in the day, I haven't played much console lately, but it might still be not great. Uh, but console loading screens back in the day used to be horrible. I remember trying to load Morrowind on the original Xbox was like an ordeal. Like one of the worst parts about dying was like the fact that you'd have to load the game again, not the fact that you lost your save necessarily. Yeah. You have to like launch the game again. It would take so long. Um, so yeah, the, the, the idea of having like, I don't know, even Snake running during those loading screens was patented. So like there was like one game that had it and it was really cool. And everyone was like, wow, this would be awesome. This would be really great when everyone starts doing this and then just nothing. And it, it sucked. But oh. I do kind of feel like in gaming, um, patents should probably not be quite as long as they are in other industries because it moves so fast. I mean, what was the, what, what's the patent expiry standard? Uh, 20 years. So in the United States for utility patents filed on or after June, 1995, it's 20 years from the earliest filing date. So like 20 years, what was happening in gaming in 2000? That would have been Xbox. That would have been first generation Xbox is how long we would have to wait for something like that or something like a better D-pad design to start to make its way out into the general market. <sighs> That's pretty rough. And that assumes that they don't manage to extend the uh, or renew the patent in any meaningful way. And like, I'm yeah. all for having the opportunity to make money based on your innovations. That absolutely matters. But especially if it's being utilized in a way that has no appreciable impact on your business whatsoever. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty rough. I mean, I would make the argument at this point that the Xbox does not really compete with the Nintendo Switch. And Microsoft and Nintendo, can you think of a way that they really go toe-to-toe -to -toe anywhere? I mean, yeah, not really. I can't think of that many people that are like, Oh man, I don't know which one I'm gonna get—a Switch or an Xbox. It's either yeah. am I going to buy a Switch or not, or am I going to buy an Xbox or a PlayStation? Yeah, like in a sense, they're both competing for some chunk of your disposable income. Yeah, but to me, they are—they're—they're they're not two sides of the same coin. They're completely different wallets. Like it's a different different currencies. Um, so I, I, it just feels like there's got to be a better way to do it. Unfortunately, I'm just one of those people who is finding a problem, not one of those ones who's suggesting a real viable solution. Yeah. In our final news item for the day, NZXT has apologized for uh, the safety issue around their H1 case. The H1 will be removed from the NZXT store after Gamers Nexus proved that the nylon screw fix. So basically they had a PCI Express riser in there that didn't have a big enough keep out zone around where it screwed in. So the screw could actually accidentally, if it like scratched the surface of the Ooh. PCB, like the epoxy that's on mm -hmm. there or resin or whatever it is, if it scratched it, it would actually contact the copper underneath. And that was a 12 volt uh, portion of the PCB. So it would just short and could potentially start a fire. 
Now they fixed it with a nylon screw instead of a metal screw, but Steve from Gamers Nexus made the, I think, compelling point that the nylon screw is only a fix as long as the user keeps that nylon screw forever. So if they didn't, if the if the original owner resold that case, for example, a new owner might not realize how important that is, or might look at the nylon screw and go, "Oh, that's a crappy nylon screw. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a better metal one," um, which could allow it to short, turning to heat, and then, well, uh, potentially causing a fire. So anyone who previously requested a nylon screw kit will be sent the new fix, which is an updated riser assembly that should resolve the issue of exposed traces on the PCB once and for all. Um, Steve from Gamers Nexus is still critical of how long it took NZXT to properly solve this problem, but it seems like this new solution should be the last one that is required. I am happy that they actually resolved it. That's cool. Yeah, I'll me too. Props. Yeah, uh, me too. Because like for me, it's 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 rough. Like it puts me in a bad position where like we've worked with NZXT, and the last thing we want is a bunch of like sponsor spots, not just moving forward, but even like past ones promoting a company that is not taking care of its users. That's not something that we stand for. Um, and so, you know, for us, we we need, we, we, well, it's just, yeah, it's that simple. We need our advertising partners to do the right thing in these cases. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, that's pretty much it. Other than going through some super chats, Austin asks, when are new beanie colors coming? Need more to tame the COVID hair. Uh, you know what? I don't know if we have any other colors planned at the moment. I mean, it's a matter of time. At some point, we'll, we'll probably do it, but I, I don't know right now. Uh, Lucky says, we have motherboards and CPUs that are interchangeable. Why not graphics card boards with various memory slash connector configurations? So it's been done way back in the day. The truth is that it's just not worth changing in most cases. It would yeah. add so much more cost and complexity to the design of the board. And in most cases, a GPU was designed specifically around the memory technology that it's going to go with. And the industry moves fast enough that by the time you're ready to upgrade that um, to, to some new memory technology, that new memory technology is going to be faster or higher density than that GPU could really take advantage of anyway. So you might as well just upgrade the whole board at the same time. Uh, Joe asks, uh, what was, is the best way to support you both? I love the content. Used to be a Floatplane OG, but missed a payment. Uh, Floatplane is definitely the best way to support us both. You should also still be a Floatplane OG if you resubscribe. Oh. You're, you're I, as I mean, yeah, it definitely wouldn't fall with one payment. I, there might be a system that eventually takes it away if you don't pay for like a really long time. But like, if, yeah, if you miss one payment, you're not, you're not out of the game. Um, so yeah, if, if it, if it stays an issue, just contact support. Uh, Gabriel Gray says, uh, bought at 16 for uh, GameStop. Uh, covered at 38, the rest at 372. If I'd held, I'd have had 150k after taxes and fees. Dang, still ended up with 90. So hey, there were some people out there who really did make out like bandits on that whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, ANW says you were talking about the process and time of developing commercial property. What are the odds that LMG Floatplane hires enough staff that you need to move to a larger space? And would you want to build it? Man, I wouldn't want to build anything. One of the problems that we have as a an utterly unique sort of new wave company um, like new media is that there's nothing really designed for us. Um, so it's definitely something. The reason I know all those timelines is because it is something that I've looked into and we are starting to feel the squeeze of our current space. That's why we have five units now instead of three, which is what we started with. 
but I, I, that's not something that I would promise or commit to in, in any way. It would be an incredible amount of work. Um, hey, thanks, Admiral Brocode. And, oh, Asagir says, have you tried any of the new synthetic badminton shuttles that are not classic nylon? I've seen a lot of articles about it, but availability seems to be worse than GPUs. Yeah, I'm super excited to try it. I have not tried it. I've only used feather and nylon so far. I, I would love to try the synthetic feather ones. So that's it for the WAN show, you guys. Thank you very much for tuning in. Oh, that's great. Righteous Weevil. What a great comment to squeak in at the end. I'm graduating with my computer information systems degree this semester, and your content was super helpful and entertaining. Heck yeah. JM awesome. asks, Linus, where would you invest if you had just 50,000 US dollars? Oh I would invest in my business, Linus Media yes. Group, or one of my other businesses, like Creator Warehouse Inc. or Floatplane Media Inc. Those, hey. those are the best businesses for me to invest in because any business, whether it's a private firm and you're doing like a private investment thing or whether it's a public firm, any business you invest in is subject to currents that are outside of your control. And even your own business is going to be buffeted by winds that you didn't see coming and you had you had no way of you have no way of knowing about or or controlling. And all you can do is react to them. But that's the difference. When you invest in your own business, you're the one at the at the wheel. You can steer the ship. Um, and that's something that as an entrepreneur, I believe in very strongly. Um, up until my GME investment, the only investments that I had ever made in the past were um, a, I dabbled with OCZ and NVIDIA back like a thousand years ago. Yeah, true story. I bought NVIDIA at $18. Um, if I had just, instead of pulling it out and then you leaving it, hold it Nvidia? if I had diamond held NVIDIA, I'd be in great shape. It would also be an enormous conflict of interest. So I couldn't have done it, but you know, that doesn't mean you don't look back and go, Oh gee, what if, um, yeah. so like way back in the day, like, I don't know, like almost 15 years ago. Um, and then I, I bought some crypto back in 2018 that didn't work out great for me. Um, and the funny the, the thing is I went 10 years without investing because I basically see it in a lot of ways as gambling. There are ways to do a lot of due diligence, but there also is an element of gambling involved. And that's not something that I, I've always been a one in the hand versus two in the bush kind of guy. Um, and then I, I didn't stay true to that. And then I regretted it and I was like, okay, yeah, now I know, I know this. I'm, I'm just, I come in too late. I get out too late. That's what I know about me. Um, or I get out too early sometimes, you know, with the NVIDIA thing. And then the last investment that I've ever made in my life was the the meme stuff that I just talked to you guys about. And that was only because I told you guys I'd do it, not because I expected to make any kind of money. So it's, yeah, that was, yeah, that wasn't really, that wasn't like a financial forecast profit decision. Yeah, that was not, that was not about making money for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's it. Thanks, you guys, very much for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And yeah, Alexander FL comments, I forgot I had float plane. Quality much better here. Wow. Heck freaking yeah. Hey, you guys got to get go. float plane, yo. Yeah. Bye. You didn't run the intro, by the way. I, I'm running it now. I run it no, after no. you say bye. No, at the beginning oh, of the show. I totally forgot. We just went right into it. Whoopsie did.
YouTube.